This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Great to have you. Welcome in. It is Wednesday, July 15th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is a moving and a shaking today. So I'm joined by a man who I know loves to party, Jason Shepard. For the record, I am the only one that loves to party. Uh, Nobody else I, can say that. I know for a fact you don't party. Uh, <laughs> this comes on the heels of a, a... I'm not buying this, by the way. I'm not <laughs> buying it. Of a uh, report that BYU is the number one party school in Utah. Uh, sorry, what? Well, it, it listed all of the states, and then in each state... The school that, yeah, was known to be the party school. Really? Really? Look. This is the most inaccurate piece of information no, 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 that's no. ever been said. Look. And there have been a lot said from this desk. Let's be <laughs> Look, honest. Here's the, here's the thing. Like, we see these all the time if you're on social media. Like, is this akin to those ones like the, the each state's favorite, like, hamburger restaurant? And then where it comes away. Reflective it's at like all. nobody's even heard of this place, but yet it's supposedly the most popular. Right. I don't. Like, is that what we're talking about here? I don't understand. Look, there's no party like a BYU party, okay? <laughs> With its green jello, socks and sandals, and tunnel singing. Yeah. So. We start off the show with that piece of inaccurate information. Hopefully that's the only one. Here's what's on the show rundown today. Our revised 2020 football schedule. Cancellations. We'll tell you who's available in the weeks that BYU needs games. Week 1, 2, 3, 4, and then in the final week for BYU right now. Uh, uh, Zach Barnett, excuse me, of Football Scoop. With his schedule, um, he's the genesis of this idea. We'll give you our picks of who BYU could put in there. And obviously all of this is in flux. It's just kind of fun for now. Hopefully there's some form of reality to it later. The best to wear 51 and 52. Plus fifth-year senior Chris Wilcox will join us to preview the cornerbacks and tell us what it's like to prepare for a season when you don't know who BYU is going to play in the other five games right now. So many unknowns right now. And BYU can't start the extended fall camp Monday. They have to wait until August 24th unless they, or thereabouts, until they get a game earlier. There's just a lot in flux. But first, today's headlines. Eight BYU players made Phil Steele's all-independent first team. Thank you for saying it. And I had to slow down yeah, because yeah, if you say yeah. it fast, it's Phil Still. Yep. Nope, so you nope. have to slow down. So eight BYU players made Phil Steele's all-independent first team. That includes Matt Bushman, Gunnar Romney, James Impey, Brady Christensen, Isaiah Kafusi, Kavika Fanua, Chaz Ayu, and Dax Milne. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said it's too early to make a decision regarding conference only for football. Quote, frankly, we haven't been advised to do that by our scientists and medical advisors. I didn't know the league had those. That's nice. We've been advised to move forward slowly and constantly reevaluate. And that's what we'll be doing until we, uh, we're told it's inadvisable. End quote. Pac-12 and Big Ten have already announced they are doing conference-only football schedules this fall, resulting in five canceled BYU games to this point. This is interesting to me because I would think you need to decide now because a team like BYU and others need to figure out who they're going to play if they're not going to play them. Yeah, certainly, especially if you're in a situation where you need games sooner rather than later. Yet. Yet. Yet I get the idea. Yes. Of, well, what if we don't have to? Yeah, there, there's, too, I, there's I see it. too many variables to want to jump the gun and make a decision that maybe you don't have to make right now. 
Gary Parrish of CBS Sports writes that NCAA Division I basketball should follow the JUCO schools in moving the start of the season to January and consider conference-only schedules. Mm. Parrish said, quote, the advantage of building conference-only schedules that do not start until at least January is that they would give our country more time to get this virus under control and maybe, just maybe, discover a vaccine. And they would also allow a conference, whether it's the Big Ten or Big 12, or any other league with tremendous resources, to create testing protocols that are consistently applied to all. And that's one of the big reasons why we're hearing uh, some of these con- these conferences going to the conference only is so that the, they they control the testing. Right. They know it's it's all the same for all of the schools involved. That makes sense. And there's a scheduling component there. You know you can work with exactly schedule. They're in the league. They're going to do it, right? And uh, TalkBasket.net reports Your Spanish favorite. basketball. T- that's where I go for my uh, basketball talk. Basconia. Uh, that's a great city slash basketball name. It's like a combo, right? Where, where's basketball originated? Basconia, dude, is targeting Jimmer Fredette for next season. Basconia beat FC Barcelona and Brandon Davies in the domestic championship in Spain earlier this month. That would be fun. Playing in the same Same league? league? Sort of rivalry there. Let's go. That'd be awesome. Okay, rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. To this point, five game cancellations. BYU and others left to scramble, try and fill those games, assuming that 12's the number. We'll see. So who's available in those weeks due to cancellations or already built in by weeks? We've looked it up. Our crack research team of 28 people have looked this up. And uh, for the Cougars, as of now, hypothetically speaking, this can change in an instant. Let's go through this week by week of the five games BYU needs to fill and who is available because of cancellations or existing bye weeks. Let's go. Game one. 24 FBS and FCS teams have an opening due to cancellations. Here are the perceived top five games available by us. Oklahoma State, Utah State, Army, TCU, Alabama. Jason, you get a pick. You get to play the role of Thomas Homo. Who you got in week one replacing the Utah game? Okay, I want to preface this by saying that fundamentally – because BYU lost five Power Fives, I'm going to try and get as many Power Fives as possible. Yes, because playing the most Power Fives is a thing <laughs> well, we look, should do. You, were already, you had already scheduled right. to play these teams. You were already preparing for that type of schedule. Now, I'm not going to put in five, but I'm going to, that's where I'm going to start. If P5 makes sense, that's where I'm going to start. And because of the five that were lost, you had four on the road, one at home. Yes, I think that. So we are going to keep. Matched. Yeah, we're yes. going to keep that with one home, four on the road. No, let's play eight home games. I like that. <laughs> I like it too. Okay, so for my first one for week one, I'm going to ultimately go with the TCU Horn Frogs. Let's go. That will be a road game. Mm-hmm. You will go play at in Fort Worth. I want to replace a P5 with another P5, and I like the the ability to play a team that even though it's, it's been a while, you do have a history with. Yes. You, had, you had a good rivalry with TCU when you were both in the same conference. That was always a really, really good matchup, even though towards the, la- the latter they, part of it, they, they got really good. Yeah, they, TCU got really, really good. So I like the idea of playing TCU out of the gate. It's a, it's a name team. Yep. It's a really good Big 12 team, and you have a history with them. So out of the gate, I'm going week one against the Horn Frogs. Since this is super hypothetical, I'm going crazy hypothetical. At Alabama, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Open the season. Like, they need a game. They were supposed to play USC in Dallas at Jerry's World. They're not going to now. Let's go. Alabama. Although, in reality, I want to move Utah State to week one. 
I want to move that yes. as soon as possible. And again, we said this yesterday, but this is important to understand. BYU was expected to start fall camp basically Monday. They cannot because they don't have a game for the first four weeks. You are tied. Your six-week preparation time is tied to when your first game is. BYU can't start till about August 24th right now, and we'll talk to Chris Wilcox coming up about that. Okay, that's week one in the hypotheticals. 28 teams available for game two. Top five, Navy, Virginia Tech, UNLV, Iowa State, Houston. You can go off the board, but who you got? Yeah, I'm, this is one of the ones where I'm going away from a P5 opponent. I'm actually going with UNLV, mm. and this is going to be a road game. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a oh, road Sam game. Boyd Stadium. But here's Here the deal. Go. It's a road game, but come on. Oh, no, it's in Allegiant. It's what I'm saying. But it, even, even if it was in their own home stadium, yes, yes. which Allegiant ultimately is going to be. BYU is? Yeah, it's going to be a home game for BYU <laughs> regardless. BYU second, that, that's right? why I have no problem going on the road because you know it's going to be a yeah. home game for BYU anyway. Yeah. And I, it, I like it because it's a regional game. Yeah. And it's also a, it's close travel. Yeah. You're still you're not having to travel very far. Really and even if, you wanted to, yeah, even if you wanted to get on a bus – you wouldn't even have to get on a plane if you didn't want to. Right. That's drivable. And I, I like the matchup with UNLV. So, like I said, you, you can get a road game out of it. You can call it a road game. Technically, it would be a road game, but let's be honest, it's going to be a home game because you'd have more BYU fans there. As Brian, so I like it as UNLV, whatever they're going to be called. Brian Q. Oh, are they changing the name? I, I know. It's, it's possibility, oh. so I don't know. I didn't want to call them the Rebels because I don't know if they'll be the Rebels by then. Yeah, the Washington football team. Uh, I go home Navy. Home with Navy. Ken Niamatololo, it's the uh, Church of Christ of Latter-day Saints Bowl uh, in week two. I like Navy there. I think BYU should play Navy. I don't want to play the, the uh, midshipmen or even uh, you know, Army very much uh, because they're, just, they're good and they kill your knees, right? Um, so that's week two. Game two. Game three, 33 teams available. Top five, West Virginia, Texas A&M, Texas Tech, Toledo, Wyoming. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Texas Tech. The and, Matt Wells game. Yeah, it, well, and, and not, not just that, but this will be a road game. So you, you're, going, you're going to Lubbock, but you stay P5. So mm-hmm. you bring in, a, you have another P5 opponent. And for me personally, I, I want to schedule as many Big 12 teams as possible to try and oh, get that relationship know. going. The love. You want to strengthen the, the relationship fair. with the Big 12 as much as possible. So I'm going to go with the Big 12 team in Texas Tech. Uh, should BYU beat the Big 12 a bunch if they want to get in? Is that it, or should they lose? We'll discuss later. Uh, I go at Texas a and I, I think that'd be fun to kind of resurrect that uh, game from the 90s where BYU played, obviously, uh, you know, in a holiday bowl. They played in Provo. They played uh, several games. I think that'd be fun. We, we're the same direction where it's like, yeah, let's play a Power 5. Let's play a Texas team available. I, I like the SEC team in Texas a and former Big 12 team, uh, of course. Okay, game four, 14 teams available. Top five, Cincinnati, Miami, Boston College, UConn. And then there's not a lot of good options. I put the Citadel in there. So uh, who you got in game four? Yeah, this one I did not go P5. I went, and this is my home game. This is where BYU gets the one home game. Okay. And I'm going with Cincinnati. I'm going with the Bearcats. Nice. That's not P5, but it's one of the – some people could say they've already arrived. It's one of the top up-and-coming G5 schools. We know how good they, they are trending. Yep. And so I think this is an opportunity for you to get them on your home field. It's an opportunity to prove how you stack up against yes. a, another G5 that's in that running for being the one that takes the next step. You know what I mean? Yes. So I think if you can have an opportunity to face them and beat them – I think that bodes well for BYU. So I think you get the home game with Cincinnati. 
And I believe Cincinnati was what? The group of five team last year? Mm-hmm. Was that right? Or was it Memphis? I think it was Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, I have Cincinnati as well for all the reasons you mentioned. I, I think it's a good game. Uh, I think that's a game that BYU's played recently, right? Uh, in what, 2014 and then at home and then 20, or 2015 and 2016? Uh, yeah, I would love for BYU to play some of the top echelon AAC teams pretty consistently. Some of the best of the rest. I think BYU already does that in Boise State every year. I think Utah State's a quality rivalry where they've become a program that's greatly respected. They used to be a doormat, now they're not. But the AAC teams make sense. Okay, on to game 13. Only one available game. No one's playing non-con. It's Notre Dame. I don't actually believe that Notre Dame's going to play BYU, but this is the only team available, so... There we go. We both have Notre Dame in this one. And let's and we don't need to specify home or road because we know they're not coming to Provo. <sighs> Maybe and ho- hopefully they do. I BYU, Hopefully they do. They contractually owe BYU a game, but you can always no, there's no contract that can't be broken. Literally no contract uh, that can't be broken. So Notre Dame. Um, that's ex- exciting. Hopefully BYU could actually make that happen. So to review, what are your five games? Uh, would be TCU for week one. In week two. Or game two, I'm going with UNLV. Mm-hmm. Game three, Texas Tech. Uh, game four is going to be Cincinnati. Let, and, and look at it in in context here. Yeah, it looks nice. It's not. That's not bad. I like it. That is not bad at all. I now, like it almost as much as I like my own. Okay, let's go. And then obviously Notre Dame for in in uh, game thirteen, right? Week thirteen, and, whatever and, it is. <sighs> Notre Dame would be like. Arguably the crown jewel of that, right? And, and That's a good schedule. Oh, no, it's too it good. It is a good schedule. It's actually too good. Uh, let's, let's look at my schedule. So uh, open season at Alabama. This just isn't happening. I'm just, I can't even say this without laughing. At Alabama, Navy at home, at Texas A&M, uh, Cincinnati, and then you have uh, Notre Dame at the end. I mean, that'd be awesome. I, I was very calculated, by the way, to not have four Power Fives or even three in the first four. I wanted four Power Fives, period. So I have Alabama, Texas A&M, Missouri, and Notre Dame. I, th- I think that could work. Now, do we actually believe that BYU is going to play 12 games? One, that the season is going to happen. Two, that 12 games will happen. It feels like we're just inching towards less. I don't know how many, eight, six. And I, I want to ask this at some point. Would you, and we'll discuss this another day. So if you play six, what's bowl eligibility? Three? Well, you just, do you even have bowls this year outside bowls. of the outside of the New Year's Six? That's or, a great question. What do the bowls do if there's not 12 games for teams? What if most teams play 10? You, you, even, this, even one less game affects everything. Maybe this is how we finally get rid of all of the extra bowl games that nobody cares about. Why are you opposed to these? Are you opposed to these? To all of the bowl games? Yeah. I don't. I think that it has it's been just an exhibition. It has been diluted so much. It used to be a reward for a good season, and now everybody goes to a bowl game. It's not special anymore. Right. Unless does, does you're an need, upper echelon. Who says it needs to be special? It, it's I just, think it needs to just, be special. That's just, what you play for. You're playing. You, you're, most teams don't play for anything. They play for a conference championship. Yes, but, but, yes. but, then, but then what? But There's it's also nothing. a goal is, is to go to a bowl. That, that is most programs that's in their goals for the year. Right. It's to but, get but if some everybody goes, play another game. Yeah. The point is, you get to play another game. T- tell me, and you get more practice. That's what the coach is like. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> tell, tell me, yeah, tell me the benefits of not playing another game, right? I think there should be bowl games, but you're right. It, it's diluted, but against what? An old standard. It's not 74 with 11. I, I would. Games I think. Now. I think you would. You would be hard pressed to find people who are happy with the number of bowl games right, right now. So make less, and there's yeah. I, it's okay. Let's uh, address it another time. Uh, What I was going to say was, let's discuss another time. Would you rather play uh, six games 
if you knew you only got six in the fall, mm-hmm. or would you rather go to the spring hoping you can get more that's games? A, that's a good topic. Well, let's discuss like another it. time. Our question of the day, what is BYU's highest priority in trying to schedule games in place of canceled Big Ten and Pac-12 games? Let's go to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Jared Haven's on Facebook. You can weigh in on Twitter and Instagram as well. If there's going to be a season, then find the best games possible. For me, that is winnable games against Power 5 opponents. For example, I'd rather see BYU schedule Texas Tech than Alabama. Yeah, I, I think you're always going to schedule one or two that are like crazy out there. Maybe you win. Can you imagine, though, being able to schedule Alabama, though? Be able to ha- the only time BYU has is because Glenn Tuckett hooked it right, up. Right, exactly. Glenn Tuckett had been the interim AD at Alabama, I think, during that season or, or right before. And he hooked that up. So who knows? I just want to be able to interview Nick Saban so for yeah. football pregame on the radio. <laughs> That's if, you- if, if, he, if he allows it. We did. We did oh, uh, he'll talk. This is the assistance that won't. We did BYU Louisville in 07, and Rick Patino wouldn't do a halftime interview with your boy. Well, it was BYU. Probably, season, had, probably had he more probably to do looked with you. At me and he's then. like, are you, are you in middle school? Like, no. <laughs> no. Coming up, what's better than one? Well, of course, two. We've got a twofer in today's Best to Wear It. Absolutely. And the guy that had the genesis of the idea we just executed, Zach Barnett of Football Scoop on the five replacement games he has for BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The greatest BYU football plays in the words of the greatest BYU football players. We live the Miracle Bowl moment. Back to Harleen and Taysom Hill taming Texas, among others. Join us Friday on BYU Sports Nation for BYU football. Great moments as told by players at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We're excited about that one. It's going to be fun. Thanks for joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is Jason Shepard. We told you our picks for the fill-ins in the Previous segment. Now we bring in the guy who generated the idea in the first place. His name is Zach Barnett of Football Scoop on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Zach, thanks for the idea, first off. We're sitting here going, who's BYU going to play? You provided the ammo for this. So, first off, thanks for providing that idea. Oh, uh, the, the, appreciate the, the kind words. And it was definitely fun anytime you get to nerd out on something like this, it's fun, although uh, the circumstances definitely are the opposite of fun. Yeah, they are. And who knows what happens? A lot of this is just, you know, hearsay. Hopefully we have a season. If it's 12 games, that's great. If it's not, I think we'd all take something over nothing at this point. So let's start there before we break down who you kind of put in the replacement games here for BYU. What are your thoughts on what's going down and where we're headed with college football in general? Yeah, I mean, all along, this has been a, I think we've all known it's going to be a decision made ultimately by the presidents, um, which is, you know, a a good and bad thing in in how risk averse or uh, risk willing they are to take on a college football season in regards to public perception. Because, I mean, nothing in the last month about these programs' abilities to test their players has changed. It's just the circumstances off campus that have gotten much uh, progressively worse. And so it's going to come down to do the numbers get better and are college presidents willing to maybe take on the optics hit if they continue playing in an environment that has not improved? Because in theory, 
you know, these programs still have the tests and are, are still able to monitor their guys. Nothing about that has changed. Right. And then the uh, Big Ten and Pac-12, of course, late last week saying we're going conference only. That takes out five BYU games, and we'll get to those in a moment. Uh, but what, what do you think about what the Big 12 said? Uh, Bob Bolsby says, we think it's too early to make that decision. I'm going too early. It's July 15th. Like, when are you going to make it? Because if you say conference only, all of a sudden the other teams have to scramble. So when, when do you think the, these decisions should be made if they're going to be made at all relative to conference only with Power Fives? Well, the, the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, has said throughout that he's going to use every bit. He's going to wait until the clock's at zero zero one because time is, is our best ally at this point. So you know, the, waiting until then, hopefully the numbers get better. And then, it, um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all at, at the SEC level to see them come up with some sort of alliance between them and the ACC and the Big 12, just because there's so many, uh, so much cross-pollination of those schedules. It's interesting, when you look at the games BYU lost, as Jerem mentioned, there are five Power 5 games that BYU no longer has on the schedule. There's a possibility, depending on if some of the G5 schools decide to go conference only, specifically Mountain West Conference teams that BYU has on the schedule. Do you think if the rest of the P5 teams go conference only, do you think we will see the, simil- the, the same type of thing happen with G5 schools? Uh, I, I, I think you'd be a fool to rule that out at this point. Um, because one thing that, that I think that it, 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 going conference only does two things for each of these, each, each of these leagues. It allows them to be on the same page testing wise, and it gives them elbow room in the schedule that, you know, if we have to shut this game down, we can move it around, we can move games up. And so that's something that I think if you're a conference commissioner, it has to be really valuable to you because then you're not, you're not behind the eight ball if you have to cancel a game. So at this point, I, you know, I'd love to say something different, but I, I think you, you have to be aware of that possibility. And if it does happen, uh, BYU better have the independents on the horn, right? And I know they've had to have talked to the independents at this point. So, all right, let's, uh, let's break down the five games you threw in here. It's fun when you look at the names, uh, so let's walk through it. So week one, you have BYU at Oklahoma State. Week two, Virginia Tech uh, in Provo against BYU. Week three, BYU at San Jose State. Week four, Miami-BYU. That's a game uh, from 1990 that BYU would love to redo. And then uh, week 13, Notre Dame and BYU. The Notre Dame game is a sore spot here, by the way, because BYU went there multiple times, and they have yet to return that game contractually. So when fans saw that, they're like, yeah, baby. So what went into the decision of these five? Um, I was trying to think like a TV program. Can you guys have a dog? Oh, oh yes. What's your dog's name? <laughs> Apparently, your dog is not a big fan of Notre Dame playing BYU right now. No, no. Uh, I've got a, a pyramid at my dog now. My dog's going nuts. Sorry about that. If if you want to take care of the dog, we could we could just talk amongst ourselves for a sec. Unless, oh, yeah. Oh. One second. Sorry. Zach's taking care of the dog. Look, Listen, we've look, all been there. Look, it's it's live. This is this is happening. This is how it works. This is what happens during live TV. This is our first COVID Zoom interview where we had to interrupt for a dog. I think we've broken new ground. I think this is good. Okay, let's talk about this, while, and then we'll get Zach on here in a second. So he's got at Oklahoma State week one. Um, Which I like. I like, too. Virginia Tech in Provo, I think, is a fun game. That's a great game. Week three at San Jose State. Mountain West team. 
have been there in Independence. That's a game BYU actually lost in 2012. Granted, that was a Spartan team that finished in the top 25. Miami in Provo in week four. 1990 feelings. Yeah, Miami's that's... always a name. They're not quite uh, what they have been before, right? And then week 13, Notre Dame. And let's bring in Zach. Zach, is everything, is everything good? Yeah, the dog is, uh, is uh, chained up uh, next to a mountain right now. He's, he's not... <laughs> hey, all good. We broke new ground. That's our first dog uh, interruption interview in the COVID era. We, we were going to do it at some point. So we've laid out your games. What went into the decision of those five opponents for BYU in those weeks? Again, you're, I'm trying to t- uh, think like a TV programmer. Think about, uh, you know, because it, it, there's a million different ways you can piece this puzzle together. But I'm trying to think of what's the most fun, what's going to drive, drive the most eyeballs. And that's where BYU's brand, you know, plays into it. Um, so, and then at the same time, it's going to be, if I'm in Oklahoma State, who do I have confidence that's going to be able to test their players in a way that makes me feel good about stepping on the field with them and that you're not going to bring the virus on in, in, in my locker room in the stadium. So that's where I think BYU is definitely ahead of any other independent save for Notre Dame. And so, uh, and, you know, at the same time, I'd love to see a BYU-Virginia Tech game this fall. Who wouldn't? Don't you think it, it is at some point, and, and obviously BYU is certainly going to want some of these teams to come to Provo. If we're in a situation where some of these teams – sort of view the, the, the non-conference games as we're kind of throwing you a bone. How, how likely is it that some of these Power 5 teams are going to go on the road to, say, BYU or any of the other teams that, that are looking for games? Yeah, i definitely say unlikely at this point, just because, I, I mean, time is, is ticking away by the second at this point, obviously. So uh, I, I think, it, you know, a game like TCU-Alabama, which was kind of my genesis of the idea because – Alabama was supposed to play USC. TCU was supposed to play Cal. And Alabama was supposed to be in the Metroplex playing USC at, at the Cowboys Stadium. Well, TCU is obviously 20 minutes down the road. So why can't we make that game happen? Texas A&M and Texas Tech both lost games against Pac-12 schools. They're in the same state. Why can't we make this game happen? So that, that was kind of my idea of, well, well, what other games can we make happen? Obviously, most of those games aren't going to happen. But with a school like uh, – with the – the resources and the brand like BYU, you know, if I'm Virginia Tech, I, w- I might feel comfortable about letting them into my stadium. But, you know, getting on the road, getting in an airplane to go to Provo, Utah, obviously that, that, that's a, a long bridge to cross at this point in time. We're talking to Zach Barnett of Football Scoop. What's the likelihood of a 12-game season? What's the likelihood we play it all? What are your thoughts about this? Uh, likelihood of a 12-game season, I, I would say, is decreasing by the second. But the the stakes, I think, I mean, at, at the base level, these programs still need these games. And I think at the base level, the players still want to play. So I, I think the, the hunger for the game, the need for these games, has still uh, is still there. And I think by waiting as long as possible, I think, you know, you invite the possibility that, hey, Maybe the MLB gets its season up and running. They're not playing in a bubble. Obviously, those guys are professional college athletes or amateurs. But maybe by, by late July, the NBA is up and running. And maybe the mood in the country is different. And as we've seen in, in these, last week, the mood of the country right now is one of the most important aspects we have in, in this calculus. 
Absolutely. Well, Zach, we appreciate the time. Uh, here's here's to these games actually happening. Some of these that you just actually nailed, and we go, hey, Zach nailed it way back in July. So uh, we appreciate the time, Zach. Thank you all for having me. That's Zach Barnett on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Hopefully, uh, these games are replaced and BYU can play a full schedule. But, yeah, it does feel like if we play, it's not going to be 12. We've heard that from Brett McMurphy, now Zach Barnett. That's the general sense. It's like, hey, if we can play several games, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You're trying to play as many games as you possibly can. You know, and, and I think in all likelihood, if you're going to get teams to come here, it's going to be difficult to get these bigger P5 programs to come here. If you're going to get home games out of it, you're probably going to have to schedule the G5 teams to come to Provo. And that's a new thought, which we should explore later, which is if BYU only plays eight games, that changes maybe what I think about how many Power 5s BYU should play. Agreed. Maybe you just load it up and just go and just see what you can do. Coming up, senior corner Chris Wilcox. How is he preparing for a season that may not happen? And Jimmer Fredette versus Brandon Davies in Spain. Who's saying that? This is BYU Sports Nation. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back. He is Jason Shepard. I am Jeremy Jordan. Great to have you here on BYU Sports Nation. We've had all kinds of discussion about replacement schedules. We had a dog interrupt an interview. Perhaps we'll have a cat interrupt an interview. Uh, Who knows by the end of the show. Maybe Julian Rather will bring a cat in. Anyways, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Shout out to Julian, by the way. My neighbor. I know. Eight BYU players made Phil Steele's all-independent first team. That includes Matt Bushman, Gunnar Romney, James Impey, Brady Christensen, Isaiah Kafusi, Kavika Fanua, Chaz Ayu, and Dax Milne. Athletics News. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, who Jason Shepard hopes is on this show frequently in the future, (laughs) says it's too early to make a decision regarding conference only for football. Quote, frankly, we haven't been advised to do that by our scientists and medical advisors. We've been advised to move forward slowly and constantly reevaluate, and that's what we'll keep doing until we're told it's inadvisable, end quote. Pac-12 and Big Ten have already announced they are doing conference-only football schedules, much to the dismay of BYU's schedule, because five games have been canceled up to this point. Basketball. Gary Parrish of CBS Sports writes that NCAA Division I basketball should follow the JUCO schools in moving the start of the season to January and consider conference-only schedules. Parrish said, quote, the advantage of building conference-only schedules that do not start until at least January is that they would give our country more time to get this virus under control and maybe, just maybe, discover a vaccine that also allow a conference, whether it's the Big Ten or Big 12 or any other league with tremendous resources, to create testing protocols that are consistently applied to all, end quote. Jimmer! TalkBasket.net reports Spanish basketball team Basconia is targeting Jimmer Fredette for next season. Basconia beat FC Barcelona and Brandon Davies in the domestic championship earlier this month. That could be fun. Golf. Kirsten Fotu teed off at uh, 9 a.m. this morning in the uh, round of the Utah Women's State Am at Thanksgiving Point, currently tied with her opponent through seven at 28. At 28 what? I don't know. At 28. At 28 is all I've got. Okay. Uh, bring on the best to wear it. We're counting up to 99. Yesterday was 50. We couldn't name a 50. We had three great uh, candidates in Bart Oates and Greg Kite and Trevor Maddox. So today we have singular uh, choices. Let's go 51 and then 52, Jason. Yeah, number 51 going to Justin Lutgeroat. Played for BYU back in uh, 2004 and 2005. A fantastic linebacker or linebacker. 
depending on how you want to look at it. Depending on if you're David Nixon. <laughs> 98 tackles, 7 sacks, 14 tackles for loss, 3 INTs, and a forced fumble in two seasons. Recorded a team-high 10.5 tackles for loss during his senior season. Uh, was the Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Week with three fumble recoveries back in 2005. Listen to this. In 2005, had an interception in three straight games. That's impressive. And in 2005, he was credited with six turnovers during a three-week span. That's incredible. Six turnovers in three weeks. Okay, Justin Lubrow did an amazing job. You know why? Because David Nixon was on a mission. Did <laughs> <laughs> that exact time. No, I'm just kidding. Justin had a tremendous career. Uh, Oregonian, uh, solid guy that forced a lot of turnovers. Yes, that's he awesome. did. Yeah, that's unbelievable okay. in a three-week span. 52. 52. Who you got? Jim Yusevich. Jim Yusevich, men's hoops, played in the 80s, 82 to 84, 86 to 88. Really, really good post player uh, and ends up being all whack uh, player. Seventh in BYU history, field goal percentage, 14th in blocks. In 83 84, he had the third best field goal percentage in BYU history. 64%. The dude didn't really miss. Played professionally in Europe, uh, Israel, Greece, CBA, tried out for the Clippers uh, really shortly thereafter. And here's the most random thing I have about Jim Yusevich. He's the only player listed by BYU Basketball with the last name, with the letter U. Jim Yusuf. Got the whole page to he's himself. The, he's, it's just him. He's the only guy. Number 52, Jim Yusuf. It's going to be fun on some of these numbers uh, as we get later where it's super random. Like There's like a dude or a lady that wore that number. <laughs> that's kind of it, right? Uh, can't wait to get Please to don't describe them as just a dude, though. Or just a lady. Well, no. Yeah. I'm not going to say who I'm referring to, but they're down the line. (gasps) What's coming up? Coming up, too high, too low, 7% chance there's no college football this year. Hmm, We'll discuss. Who's saying 7%? Yes. Senior quarterback Chris Wilcox coming up, preparing for a season of uncertainty. No Utah, but what does it mean? Chris Wilcox coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. To get to know the players, the coaches, and some compelling fan stories, search Deep Blue on the BYU TV app today. All 23 Deep Blue features from last season are currently available right now. Absolutely. Great storytelling done in those. And another one of BYU's great stories is our next guest, Chris Wilcox, joining us. Senior cornerback, fifth-year senior on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Chris, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you, man. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Certainly right now is an interesting time for everybody, most notably coaches, administrators, and, of course, players, as you guys try and figure out what's going to happen. What's the last couple of days been like as you've seen five opponents drop off the schedule and and now uh, practice kind of pushed back a little bit formally? Uh, You know, it's something we don't want to see. It's very unfortunate. but as for like the players and everyone on the team, we just have to keep have to keep preparing for the season. We don't want to just stop because five games are like gone. We know uh, Tom's working his hardest to get a new schedule for us, and we believe in him, and we know that um, everything should be good. When you look at the off season, it, it's been longer than normal. And it's certainly been an unorthodox offseason. Nothing about the offseason has been normal at all. How have you handled the last couple of months? Uh, we just, honestly, every time I see something new on the news, I'm just trying to adjust to it. Of course, you know that um, we would have been starting like our six-week prepare flight for the um, 
season, I think today or actually this week. But, um, you know, every time we see that stuff like that, we just got to adjust. And um, we know that we're not the only ones dealing with this kind of stuff. Everyone in the nation is dealing with it. So we just got to adjust and just keep preparing. So for now, uh, walk us through kind of what the what the plans are in terms of you were going to start formal preparation, right? Um, you've been doing mm-hmm. voluntary workouts. I guess BYU needs to schedule a game in week one for you guys to, I guess, technically start that. So uh, what's life like right now as you uh, kind of navigate this part? Uh, yeah, so we were supposed to start the mandatory workouts, but unfortunately all that happened. So right now we're just doing continuing the voluntary workouts, still like doing speed work, getting our uh, uh, stamina work in, things like that, lifting. Uh, it's just the same thing every week, to be honest. And then, of course, we're doing stuff on our own as far as the defense goes. We're meeting together, making sure everyone knows their plays, and then we'll still do PRPs with the offense. The controllable is just how you guys approach this, right? And you're one of a bunch of seniors on this team. Describe to us the leadership of this group that is navigating this together, trying to prepare and stay together for whatever happens. Yeah, so um, we have, like, Isaiah will take over a lot of the time for the defense and uh, prepare everybody. Uh, Troy as well. A lot of the seniors, you know, uh, a lot of the leaders on the team will just get everybody together and just tell everybody to just, like, relax, don't panic, things like that. Uh, We all know it's going to be under control in the long run, so we're all just preparing, just preparing for the season. As you mentioned, having to adjust to things is is kind of become commonplace at this point. One of the things you do know is that there are a couple of teams that have dropped off the schedule, and one of those teams is the season opening game at Utah. What was your reaction when you realized that you were not going to get an opportunity to play Utah this year? You know, it was unfortunate. That's probably one of the biggest games everyone on the team was looking up like forward to since it was our first game and we get a get a chance at revenge. But um, you know, things like this is it doesn't usually happen, but unfortunately this year it did. So we just have to we just have to go with the flow. We can't just put our heads down. We know that we're still gonna get more opponents on the schedule and we just gotta prepare for those guys. We created a hypothetical schedule, which is just, it was just outrageous. But if there was any hint of truth to it, that would be awesome. Uh, we looked at who had cancellations or buys, Chris, in week one, and Jason mm-hmm. said, hey, TCU. I said Alabama. So what do you think of those two possibilities? <laughs> Look, anybody, anybody I'm on a schedule will do it. <laughs> We're not backing that from nowhere. You guys just want to play right now, right? Exactly. <laughs> we'll preview the cornerbacks in your group in a second, which is surprisingly loaded given that you lost two seniors in Austin Lee and Dying Gawoloku. But uh, I wanted to ask you about hopefully, one, we play, right? Hopefully, two, we play 12 games, but it feels like it may be less if we play. Are you, are you okay with that? How are you feeling about the possibility of, of fewer games because of everything with COVID 19? Um. You know, it's it sucks. Of course, we still want we wanted to get the full schedule, and uh, we know that now with everything going on, it may not be the same. But um, like I said before, it's not something that we're only dealing with. Like I feel like if it's going to be a seven game season or something like that, it's, it'll be with everyone in the country that's going to play seven games. Not just going to be us. So um, we're not going through this alone. So you know, we're going to handle it and we're going to just adjust. Give everybody an idea of what uh, this cornerback room looks like. What, what's, what's this position look like? Um, you're obviously there. You've been in the program for a while. Um, when you think about what's possible this year for the BYU corners, what, what comes to mind for you? 
Um, I get real excited just knowing that like a lot of our guys, I guess they used to be like young last year. They they have a lot of experience now, so I feel like it's that's not really like an excuse we can have anymore of having like young a young secondary as far as the corners go. So I'm just real excited for everyone that has experience, and then um, a lot of people are stepping up. You know, we have D'Lo, Keen, everyone's still getting their work in, and um, I'm just very excited of what's to come. I know they've been working really hard, and I expect a lot from them. When you were a young guy, there were a lot of older players that said, hey, this is Chris Wilcox. This is a guy to watch. Now that you're the vet, who's the young guy that you've taken notice of? Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like. And it could be more than one guy if they're are... stepping up. What was that? It could be more than one guy if there are a couple of young guys that are stepping up. Who's who's that young guy that that the that you guys as, as veterans are are taking notice? Uh, I say for me it's uh, D'Lo. He's been working really hard in this offseason, and um, I expect a lot from him. He's been learning a lot of new things, watching film, and uh, I I honestly think he'll improve a lot this year. He's played great already, but. I think he'll be someone to look out for this year. When you're a fifth-year senior, everyone's young, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to keep them under the wings. But no, nah, I mean they're not—they're not like babies anymore. I feel like they've—they've they've been here long enough to get their uh, plays in, and I feel like they're very experienced now. So I—I I expect a lot from them. Yeah, I, I said Austin Lee and Diane Gawilku. Those were those were safeties, of course. With the corners, yeah, there's a lot of experience that there. Obviously, you coming back, you played several games at the end of the year. We're able to get that red shirt. So great to have you. Thanks to that rule change, right? You, you're here for the fifth year. Exactly. Awesome. D'Angelo Mandel, you yep. mentioned Isaiah Heron, uh, Keenan Ellis, Shimon Willis. Um, anyone else I miss who's in the mix to kind of compete in that two deep? Uh, so we have the transfer uh, jock. Wilson, came from right? uh, JC from LA. Yeah, so he's actually my roommate right now. Oh, beautiful! Uh, I expect a lot from him as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, did I miss Micah Harper, perhaps as well? Or is he playing safety? Uh, I think he's playing safety. Okay, Mike. Yeah, Je- we'll know for sure. I know some freshmen had came as well, but yeah. I haven't really seen the freshmen yet, so we still have to see with them. Tell us more about Jacques. Uh, he's a guy that uh, on signing day we're very excited about. He's your roommate. Does he do the dishes? Is he going to play well? Like, let's let's learn about this guy. <laughs> nah, he's he's very um, very excited for the season. Unfortunately, with everything going on, it's kind of he's just like checking Twitter every day to see what's going on. He's he just wants the ball. I know him. He's a he's a real fighter. He, we know a lot of the same people from back home, and um. He's a he's a dog. He works hard and um he's just very excited. He's just waiting for his papers to be cleared and things like that so he can start working out with us. All right, Chris. Most important question we're gonna ask you today. The corners all line up. Who's the fastest? Who wins the race? Who wins the who wins the forty the forty? Who has the fastest oh, time? Man, you know you know I'm gonna say me. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who would come in second then? Second? Hmm. So I think D'Lo, Isaiah, and Keenan and Jock. I know. I, they all need a race. I feel like they're all – I haven't really seen – I know Keenan and them. I haven't really seen Jock run full speed, but it's going to be between one of them. I, I can't even tell you, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know why every year we don't have this. We say we are determining the fastest player on the team today. It's a thing in fall camp, maybe spring ball. And, and then everyone lines up that wants to participate, and you laser time it, and we go, okay. But it's a race, right? Not not just a single yeah. forty guy. All the pressure that. Why don't we? Can we do this? Can we figure that out? 
That'd be awesome, right? I remember, and I think it was the Hawaii game. I don't know if it was the regular game or the bowl game. We wanted to race, but the coaches weren't happy. They didn't want nobody pulling up. So <laughs> it was like, no, it would have been like no hamstring. me, Zane, like some other people on the team, but they didn't want to do it. So yeah. we just chilled out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, Chris, we look forward yep. to what is hopefully one, a season, and two, a full season, and, and three, one in which you have you know, six-plus interceptions and are having an amazing senior year. Thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. You got it. Chris Wilcox on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why. We show how. That guy was recruited by Ed Lamb heavily early. Ed Lamb comes to BYU. He says, you need to come here too. And Chris has turned out to be a really good cover corner. uh, Tips a ball last year that Austin Lee returns for a pick six. Uh, and he's re- getting ready for a fifth year. Um, hopefully we play because there's guys like Chris Wilcox that are ready to make plays. And I would expect nothing less than him picking himself. Oh, he's got to have that confidence. you got to have corner, the confidence. At corner, Absolutely. you got to be confident. And yeah. it's all about speed there, right? Absolutely. Coming up, a rise and shout out to uh, a chicken. What does that mean? And uh, too high, too low, or just right. Football season edition, what athletic directors told Stadium that has our uh, eyes wide open. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcast. The show always available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Time for a little Too High, Too Low, or Just Right presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Stadium Sports put out the results of a poll of college athletic directors about the confidence level of what they see out of the college football season. Let's discuss some of these. Too high, too low, or just right, Jason? Okay. Number one, 27% of FBS ADs believe the season will start as scheduled. Too high, too low, or just right? Um, I would say right now that's probably just right. I, that sounds about right to me. I, I think the, the pessimism surrounding everything, you would you would maybe say that it's too high right now. But, but I, I would say it's... It's about right, so I'm good with that. Yeah, I think it's just right. Probably, you know, a quarter chance that it actually yeah. starts on time. And there's probably... Well, here's the thing. Shouldn't we try and move stuff up? You would think you would move it up and avoid the late season. Yeah. I don't know. Can you move it up right now? I don't know. I don't know. Lots, lots, uh, lots of unknowns. All right, Jerem, 25%. These numbers are depressing. Yes, I know. 25% of FBS ADs believe it will be a delayed conference only beginning to the season. Too high, too low, or just right? Too low. I would think that there are more that believe that this will be the case, right? I, I Yes. Certainly the momentum over the weekend was shifting that direction. We, we've quoted the, the Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bolsby, your homie, saying, well, we aren't making that decision right now. I, I hope they don't because I want BYU to keep the Missouri game. I want BYU to keep some of these group five games. I don't want to have to scatter and play all the independents home in a row. That doesn't sound that great. But I'd take that over nothing. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think it's too low. I'm surprised that number is not a lot higher. Certainly, we know the, the conferences that have already made that decision. And even the conferences that are holding out are still talking about it being a, a an option that's out there. It certainly seems like that's the way things are trending right now. Mm-hmm. I would certainly expect that to be significantly higher than just 25%. Okay, 10% of FBS ADs believe there will be a 12-game delayed fall start. Too high, too low, or just right? Um, I would say I would say that's just right. I think 10% chance of a full 12-game 
season well, happening in delayed, meaning you're going into December. Yeah, I, I, I would. I say it's about right. I'd say it's right, 10%. I, I think it's maybe even too high. See, I don't see how you're going to get 12 and go into December. That if, if, and if you're going to play, I don't I don't see how 12 happens. Like, again, I said last week, I, I'll be surprised if we play at all. That's, I hope we do. And yeah. I don't, part of me thinks if we say it's going to be delayed and we say it's not going to happen, then maybe that, in, not us, but I mean generally media, I don't feel that powerful here. <laughs> if I say this, if I say this, it will happen. No, trust me. I say a lot about the schedule. Nothing happens. Um, I don't think that the media, uh, the media needs to be careful, right? Of, oh, we're saying this, so now people freak out, right? We need to be careful of the influence that we can have, generally speaking, with the media. So yeah, the, the poll of the FBSADs continuing. Eleven percent predict conference only. 20% predict a 12-game spring start. And 7% predict, predict no, no college, college football. football. Wow. Wow. Okay. Our question of the day, what's BYU's highest priority in trying to schedule games in place of canceled Big Ten and Pac-12 games? The Elite Voice of the Day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Mr. Sport Court on Twitter. I wonder what he does for work. It's always about revenue. Work with ESPN to assist in landing revenue, generating teams like Notre Dame, UNLV, Army, Air Force, maybe even home-and-home games in the same season. Be smart on, uh, on safe fan participation and let Cougar Nation manage their personal exposure risks. Uh, that's an interesting idea we've not explored, which is what if BYU plays other? T- what if BYU played a non-independent home and road? I, we haven't thought of that one. No, it's usually like, when you're talking about the playing too? twice in a season, you're usually talking about other independents. Because we're assuming that other conference teams would have a setup in which they're good. Yes, and you're assuming that you would, yes, that you would have extra games to fill. Therefore, the two and two would make sense right. with another independent. Who gets today's rise and shadow? How about this? Caleb Lohner, new BYU basketball player, posting on Instagram. Uh, he has purchased a chicken. There it is right there. Bought a chicken. Bought a chicken. What did you guys do last week? I didn't do that. I might have eaten chicken, but I didn't buy a chicken. No, I love chicken. <laughs> but yes, no. <laughs> Thanks to today's guests, Zach Barnett, Chris Wilcox. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. Always. Right to Dennis Pitta. No time for Jason. I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Ron O'Bard. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs!